Welcome to the Bible in 260 podcast, the podcast that brings you through the entire Bible in 260 days. Have you ever wanted to read the whole Bible but struggled to do so? This podcast is meant to help you do it. With five 15 to 20 minute episodes per week, you will hear the entire Bible read to you. There will also be occasional brief notes to help explain context, as well as a concluding question or thought to consider. So welcome to the Bible in 260 podcast, your journey through the Bible in 260 days. Welcome to episode 84. One of the key phrases of the passages we'll be looking at today is one that says that the Lord looks upon the heart. That when judging people, he doesn't look at the outward appearance, but he looks on the heart. And that's a theme I think we can see in our passages today. And we'll be adding in a new book today, uh, the book of Chronicles, which in one sense mirrors or parallels uh, the books of First and Second Samuel as well as First and Second Kings. And so uh, on various episodes in the next little while, we'll have the book of Chronicles running parallel to it as well. But we begin today with First Samuel chapter 15. Then Samuel said to Saul, I was the one who the Lord sent to anoint you as king over the people of Israel. Now listen to what the Lord says. Here is what the Lord of heaven's armies has said. I carefully observed how the Amalekites opposed Israel along the way when Israel came up from Egypt. So go now and strike down the Amalekites. Destroy everything they have. Don't spare them. Put them to death, man, woman, child, infant, ox, sheep, camel, and donkey alike. So Saul assembled the army and mustered them at Talim. There, there were 200,000 foot soldiers and 10,000 men of Judah. Saul proceeded to the city of Amalek, where he set an ambush in the wadi. Saul said to the Kenites, Go on and leave. Go down from among the Amalekites. Otherwise, I will sweep you away with them. After all, you were kind to the Israelites when they came up from Egypt. So the Kenites withdrew from among the Amalekites. And Saul struck down the Amalekites all the way from Havilah to Shur, which is next to Egypt. He captured King Agag of the Amalekites alive, but he executed all Agag's people with the sword. However, Saul and the army spared Agag, along with the best of the flock, the cattle, the fatlings, and the lambs, as well as everything else that was of value. They were not willing to slaughter them, but they did slaughter everything that was despised and worthless. Then the Lord's message came to Samuel. I regret that I have made Saul king, for he has turned away from me and has not done what I told him to do. Samuel became angry, and he cried out to the Lord all that night. Then Samuel got up early to meet Saul the next morning. But Samuel was informed Saul has gone to Carmel, where he is setting up a monument for himself. Then Samuel left and went down to Gilgal. When Samuel came to Saul, Saul said to him, May the Lord bless you. I have fulfilled the Lord's orders. Samuel replied, If that is the case, Then what is the sound of sheep in my ears and sound of cattle that I hear? Saul said, They were brought from the Amalekites. The army spared the best of the flocks and cattle to sacrifice to the Lord our God, but everything else we slaughtered. And Samuel said to Saul, Wait a minute. Let me tell you what the Lord has said to me last night. Saul said to him, Tell me. Samuel said, Is it not true that when you were insignificant in your own eyes, you became the head of the tribes of Israel? The Lord chose you as king over Israel. The Lord sent you on a campaign saying, Go and exterminate those sinful Amalekites. Fight against them until you have destroyed them. Why haven't you obeyed the Lord? Instead, you have greedily rushed upon the plunder. You have done what is wrong in the Lord's estimation. Then Saul said to Samuel, 
but I have obeyed the Lord. I went on the campaign the Lord sent me on. I brought back King Agag of the Amalekites after exterminating the Amalekites. But the army took the plunder from the plunder some of the sheep and cattle, the best of what was to be slaughtered, to sacrifice to the Lord your God in Gilgal. Then Samuel said, Does the Lord take pleasure in burnt offerings and sacrifices as much as he does in obedience? Certainly, obedience is better than sacrifice. Paying attention is better than the fat of rams. For rebellion is like the sin of divination. A presumption is like the evil of idolatry. Because you have rejected the Lord's orders, he has rejected you from being king. Then Saul said to Samuel, I have sinned, for I have disobeyed what the Lord commanded and your words as well. For I was afraid of the army, and I obeyed their voice. Now please forgive my sin. Go back with me so I can worship the Lord. Samuel said to Saul, I will not go back with you, for you have rejected the Lord's orders, and the Lord has rejected you from being king over Israel. When Samuel turned to leave, Saul grabbed the edge of his robe, and and it tore. Samuel said to him, The Lord has torn the kingdom of Israel from you this day, and has given it to one of your colleagues who is better than you. The preeminent one of Israel does not go back on his word or change his mind, for he is not a human being who changes his mind. Saul again replied, I have sinned, but please honor me before the elders of my people and before Israel. Go back with me so I may worship the Lord your God. So Samuel followed Saul back, and Saul worshiped the Lord. Then Samuel said, Bring me King Agag of the Amalekites. So Agag came to him, trembling, thinking to himself, Surely death is bitter. Samuel said, Just as your sword left women childless, so your mother will be the most bereaved among women. Then Samuel hacked Agag to pieces there in Gilgal before the Lord. Then Samuel went to Ramah while Saul went up to his home in Gibeah of Saul. Until the day he died, Samuel did not see Saul again. Samuel did, however, mourn for Saul, but the Lord regretted that he had made Saul king over Israel. The Lord said to Samuel, How long do you intend to mourn for Saul? I have rejected him as king over Israel. Fill your horn with olive oil and go. I am sending you to Jesse in Bethlehem, for I have selected a king for myself from among his sons. Samuel replied, How can I go? Saul will hear about it and kill me. But the Lord said, Take a heifer with you and say, I have come to sacrifice to the Lord. Then invite Jesse to the sacrifice and I will show you what you should do. You will anoint for me the one I point out for you. Samuel did what the Lord told him. When he arrived in Bethlehem, the elders of the city were afraid to meet him. They said, Did you come in peace? He replied, Yes, in peace. I have come to sacrifice to the Lord. Consecrate yourselves and come with me to the sacrifice. So he consecrated Jesse and his sons and invited them to the sacrifice. When they arrived, Samuel noticed Eliab and said to himself, Surely here before the Lord stands his chosen king. But the Lord said to Samuel, Don't be impressed by his appearance or his height, for I have rejected him. God does not view things the way people do. People look on the outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. Then Jesse called Abinadab and presented him to Samuel. But Samuel said, The Lord has not chosen this one either. Then Jesse presented Shammah. But Samuel said, The Lord has not chosen this one either. Jesse presented seven of his sons to Samuel. But Samuel said to Jesse, The Lord has not chosen any of these. Then Samuel asked Jesse, Is that all the young men? Jesse replied, There is still the youngest one, but he's taking care of the flock. Samuel said to Jesse, Send and get for him, for we cannot turn our attention to other things until he comes here. So Jesse had him brought in. 
Now he was ruddy with attractive eyes and a handsome appearance. The Lord said, Go and anoint him. This is the one. So Samuel took the horn full of olive oil and anointed him in the presence of his brothers. The Spirit of the Lord rushed upon David from that day onward. Then Samuel got up and went to Ramah. Now the Spirit of the Lord had turned away from Saul, and an evil spirit from the Lord tormented him. Then Saul's servants said to him, Look, an evil spirit from God is tormenting you. Let our Lord instruct his servants who are here before you to look for a man who knows how to play the lyre. Then whenever the evil spirit from God comes upon you, he can play the lyre and you'll feel better. So Saul said to his servants, Find me a man who plays well and bring him to me. One of the attendants replied, I've seen a son of Jesse in Bethlehem who knows how to play the lyre. He's a brave warrior and articulate and handsome, for the Lord is with him. So Saul sent messengers to Jesse and said, Send me your son David, who is out with the sheep. So Jesse took a donkey loaded with bread and a container of wine and a young goat and sent them to Saul with his son David. David came to Saul and stood before him. Saul liked him a great deal, and he became his armor bearer. And Saul said, sent word to Jesse, saying, Let David be my servant, for I am very pleased with him. So whenever the Spirit of God would come upon Saul, David would take his lyre and play it. This would bring relief to Saul and make him feel better. Then the evil spirit would leave him alone. So we hear that phrase in this. I hope you heard it. Where David is uh, described as a man who God has looked upon his heart, and that is how God has chosen him. And we'll see in his life that doesn't mean David was perfect, but it means that there's something about who David is that God sees and brings to fruit in his life. And now we'll move to First Chronicles 1, which is uh, parallel to First Samuel and Second Samuel, as well as First and Second Kings. And it begins with uh, genealogy, again, that describes some of the descendants uh, within the biblical story. First Chronicles. Adam... Seth, Enosh, Kenan, Mahalalel, Jared, Enoch, Methuselah, Lamech, Noah, Shem, Ham, and Japheth. The sons of Japheth, Gomer, Magog, Madai, Javan, Tubal, Meshech, and Tyrus. The sons of Gomer, Askenaz, Riftha, and Targamah. The sons of Javan, Elisha, Tarshish, the Kittites, and the Rodanites. The sons of Ham, Cush, Raziam, Put, and Canaan. The sons of Cush, Sheba, Havilah, Sabta, Rama, and Sabtika. The sons of Ramah, Sheba, and Dedan. Cush was the father of Nimrod, who established himself as a mighty warrior on earth. Mizraim was the father of the Luddites, Ananites, Lahabites, Naphtulites, Paruthelites, Kashlulites, from whom the Philistines descended, and the Kaphtarites. Canaan was the father of Sidon, his firstborn, and Heth, as well as the Jebusites, Amorites, Gergesites, Hivites, Archites, Sinites, Arvites, Zemorites, and Hamathites. The sons of Shem, Elam, Asher, Arphathax, Lud, and Aram. The sons of Aram, Uz, Hul, Gether, and Meshech. Arphathax was the father of Shelah, and Shelah was the father of Eber. Two sons were born to Eber. The first was named Peleg, for during his lifetime the earth was divided. His brother's name was Jotkhtan. Jotkhtan was the father of Almudad, Shalaf, Hazarmapheth, Jara, Hadaram, Uzal, Dila, Ebal, Abalm, Sheba, Ophir, Havilah, and Jobab. All these were the sons of Joktan. Shem, Arphaxed, Shelah, Eber, Peleg, Riu, Sirig, Nahor, Terah, 
Abraham, that is Abram, that is Abraham, the sons of Abraham, Isaac, and Ishmael. These were their descendants. Ishmael's firstborn was Nebaioth. The others were Kedar, Abdil, Mizbam, Mishma, Duma, Masa, Hadad, Tima, Jeter, Nafish, and Kedema. These were the sons of Ishmael. The sons to whom Keturah, Abraham's concubine, gave birth, Zimram, Juxan, Midan, Midian, Ishbak, Shua. The sons of Jokshan, Sheba, and Dedan. The sons of Midian, Ephat, Epher, Hanak, Abada, Alda. All these were the sons of Keturah. Abraham was the father of Isaac, the sons of Isaac, Esau, and Israel. The sons of Esau, Eliaphas, Reuel, Jeush, Jalam, and Korah. The sons of Eliaphas, Temnan, Omar, Zephan, Gatam, Kenez, and by Timnah, Amalek. The sons of Reuel, Nahath, Zerah, Shammah, and Mizah. The sons of Seir, Lotan, Shobal, Zibion, Anna, Dishon, Ezer, and Dishon. The sons of Lotan, Hori, and Homam. Timnah was Lotan's sister. The sons of Shobal, Alyan, Manathath, Ebal, Shefti, and Onam. The sons of Zibion, Aya, and Anna. The sons of Anna, Dishon. The sons of Dishon, Hamram, Eshban, Ithran, and Kiran. The sons of Ezer, Bilhan, Zavan, Jakan. The sons of Dishon, Uz, and Aran. These were the kings who reigned in the land of Edom before any king ruled over the Israelites. Bela, son of Beor, this name of his city was Dinahabah. When Bela died, Jobab, son of Zerah from Basra, succeeded him. When Jobab died, Hashem from the land of Temanite succeeded him. When Hashem died, Hadad, son of Bedad, succeeded him. He struck down the Midianites in the plains of Moab. The name of his city was Avath. When Hadad died, Samla from Masgarat succeeded him. When Samla died, Shual from Rehoboth on the river succeeded him. When Shual died, Balhanan, son of Akbor, succeeded him. When Balhanan died, Hadad succeeded him. The name of his city was Pai. His wife was Mahatabel, daughter of Matid, daughter of Mazibab. Hadad died. The tribal chiefs of Edom were Timnah, Alvath, Jethan, Eliabim, Elide, Pinon, Kenaz, Temnah, Mizbar, Magdiel, and Aram. And these were the tribal chiefs of Edom. And now we continue with a psalm of David, the same David who was just anointed in 1 Samuel 16. For the music director, Jaduthan, a psalm of David. I decided, I will watch what I say and make sure I do not sin with my tongue. I will put a muzzle over my mouth while in the presence of an evil person. I was stone silent. I held back the urge to speak. My frustration grew. My anxiety intensified. As I thought about it, I became impatient. Finally, I spoke these words. O Lord, help me understand my mortality and the brevity of life. Let me realize how quickly my life will pass. Look, you make my days short-lived, and my lifespan is nothing from your perspective. Surely all people, even those who seem secure, are nothing but vapor. Surely people go through a life as mere ghosts. Surely they accumulate worthless wealth without knowing who will eventually haul it away. But now, O oh Lord, upon what, I am lo- what, upon what am I relying? You are my only hope. Deliver me from all the sins of rebellion. Do not make me the object of fools' insults. I am silent and cannot open my mouth because of what you have done. Please stop wounding me. You have almost beaten me to death. You severely discipline people for their sins. Like a moth, you slowly devour their strength. Surely all people are mere vapor. Hear my prayer, O Lord. 
Listen to my cry for help. Do not ignore my sobbing, for I am a resident foreigner with you, a temporary settler, just as all my ancestors were. Turn your angry gaze away from me so I can be happy before I pass away. And so there we have David struggling in the midst of difficult circumstances, crying out to God for the help that only God can give, recognizing in David's heart the kind of heart that God wants, a heart that is humble before God himself. And now we continue on with our final passage from Acts chapter 11. Now the apostles and the brothers who were throughout Judea heard that the Gentiles too had accepted the word of God. So when Peter went up to Jerusalem, the circumcised believers took issue with him, saying, You went to uncircumcised men and shared a meal with them? But Peter began and explained to them point by point, saying, I was in the city of Joppa praying, and in a trance I saw a vision, an object something like a large sheet descending, being let down from heaven by its four corners, and it came to me. As I stared, I looked into it and saw four-footed animals of the earth, wild animals, reptiles, and wild birds. I also heard a voice saying to me, Get up, Peter, slaughter and eat. But I said, Certainly not, Lord, for nothing defiled or ritually unclean has ever entered my mouth. But the voice replied a second time from heaven, What God has made clean, you must not consider ritually unclean. This happened three times, and then everything was pulled up to heaven again. At that very moment, three men sent to me from Caesarea approached the house where we were staying. The Spirit told me to accompany them without hesitation. These six brothers also went with me, and we entered the man's house. He informed us of how he had seen an angel standing in his house and saying, Send to Joppa and summon Simon, who is called Peter, who will speak a message to you by which you and your entire household will be saved. Then as I began to speak, the Holy Spirit fell on them just as he did on us at the beginning. And I remembered the word of the Lord as he used to say, John baptized with water, but you will baptize with the Holy Spirit. Therefore, if God gave them the same gift as he also gave us after believing in the Lord Jesus Christ, who was I to hinder God? When they heard this, they ceased their objections and praised God, saying, So then, God has granted the repentance that leads to life, even to the Gentiles. Now those who had been scattered because of the persecution that took place over Stephen went as far as Phoenicia, Cyprus, and Antioch, speaking the message to no one but Jews. But there were some men from Cyprus and Cyrene among them who came to Antioch and began to speak to the Greeks too, proclaiming the good news of the Lord Jesus. The hand of the Lord was with them, and a great number who believed turned to the Lord. A report about them came to the attention of the church in Jerusalem, and they sent Barnabas to Antioch. When he came and saw the grace of God, he rejoiced and encouraged them all to remain true to the Lord with devoted, devoted hearts, because he was a good man, full of the Holy Spirit and of faith, and a significant number of people were brought to the Lord. Then Barnabas departed for Tarsus to look for Saul, and when he found him, he brought him to Antioch. So for a whole year, Barnabas and Saul met with the church and taught a significant number of people. Now it was in Antioch that the disciples were first called Christians. At that time, some people, some prophets came down from Jerusalem to Antioch. One of them, named Agabus, got up and predicted by the Spirit that a severe famine was about to come over the whole inhabited world. This took place during the reign of Claudius. So the disciples, each in accordance with his financial ability, decided to send relief to the brothers living in Judea. They did so, sending their financial aid to the elders by Barnabas and Saul. And so we see God changing people's hearts. The same God who sees everybody's heart and knows the need for that change is the same God who can change that heart through his grace and mercy in Jesus. You heard 
Thanks for listening to the Bible in 260 podcast. May what you have heard speak to your heart and mind today. The scriptures quoted are from the Net Bible, http netbible.com, copyright 1996-2019, used with permission from Biblical Studies Press, LLC, all rights reserved. Our theme song for the podcast is The Call by Emily Ruth. You can find The Call and other music by Emily Ruth on Apple Music or Spotify or wherever you find your music. You're